Hello, my magical friends. My name is Ayumi. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and you're listening to Sparkle Side Chats with Magical Girl Ayu. Whether it's your first or 61st time listening, we welcome you to our space to celebrate magical girls from every corner of the world. I'm recording this intro a tiny bit early as the day of this episode dropping. I am getting my first vaccine, finally, so I'm not sure exactly how well I will be to record. So this is probably going to be as updated as we can get anyway, but we have a lot of news to get to, so let's get started. First, I wanted to shout out Victoria L. Johnson and Sailor Moon Fan Club as I was on last week's episode, number 82. It was super fun to be on the other side of the convo and talk a bit about my history with that series, as well as my first public discussion of my own comic, Summertime Henshin, which I promise I'm still working on. It's just taken a backseat. Next, speaking of independent creators, Blue Turtle Comics has a Kickstarter currently going for Magical Girl Defense Force Volume 1, which I will link to in the show notes. Another series I wanted to point out is from Isekai Comedy called The Daily Lives of Magical Girls Liz and Narubi. This is on YouTube and there are English subtitles. I'm not sure where it's going, but it's quite cute so far. Disney Plus Japan announced last week that a new Black Rock Shooter series is coming to their service next year. It's titled Black Rock Shooter Dawn Fall, and that's basically all we know so far. Black Rock Shooter is a Magical Girl series spun off from Vocaloid and Miku Hatsune in particular. There's no news about whether this is going to be just on Disney Plus Japan or on all of Disney Plus. Disney Plus Japan does have a handful of original programming that you cannot get on other Disney Plus services, so I'm not sure where that's going. This does seem to be connected to all of the tie-ins with Japanese animation studios after Star Wars Visions, so that is interesting. We're also not sure if this means that we're going to get previous iterations of Black Rock Shooter on Disney Plus, but that seems kind of likely. Finally, I wanted to mention that High Guardian Spice is coming to Crunchyroll on October 26th. This is a bit more on the fantasy side of things, but the characters look super cute and I hope I can watch it in the future. We've been waiting a long time for this one to be released, so I'm glad it's finally coming. That's all the news for today, so let's get to today's topic. It actually hasn't been that long since we revisited this series. In fact, it has been just about a month since we did, but we are going back to the world of Ojemajo Doremi with Motto Ojemajo Doremi, the third season of the series. And all in all, I don't think that we have much to talk about up top here, except that we have a returning guest, Alice, who was with us to give her thoughts about her experience as an idol in our episode about Magical Idols and Ellery Moonbeam. Do you want to listen to that little tidbit? That would be episode 35. So it's been a while since she's been here. I do also want to shout out if you are one of the uh, handful of listeners that are in the Tokyo area, 
she is doing one last live show before she moves from Japan, and I, I will link to the thread about those details in the show notes. So if you are in that area, please check out her show. One thing I wanted to specify and define before we get into the conversation is the word returnee, which I kind of threw around and then realized that I had not actually properly defined in case. So especially in the context of this series and our new character, but also just something that gets thrown around when talking about, well, it could be probably used in most contexts, but a returnee refers to someone who is primarily usually either born in or raised in another country before returning back to their country of ethnic origin, I would say, usually. And this is usually also within childhood. So there is a very prominent company that is uh, international, but has a lot of employees in the city where I live. And so it's very common for some of those families to move to either the UK or the US and eventually come back to Japan, to the city. So I have taught many returnees myself. So often what happens is they become pretty fluent in English, you know, matching the level of the students that they were interacting with back in the English-speaking country. Of course, this doesn't have to be English, but that is the most common case. And so suddenly they're back in Japan, where the English level for elementary school is not the same. So they usually go to an English school in order to assure that they don't lose that English ability, which is quite possible in youth. I'm kind of an example of the opposite myself, where I was born in Japan and moved to the US. We ended up never going back to Japan as a child, so I lost my ability to use Japanese completely fluently, so I was a passively fluent Japanese user, which meant I could understand Japanese but not use Japanese, and that's actually also a very common immigrant experience. Anyway, with all of that out of the way, I think it is time to get to our conversation with Alice about Motto Ojimajo Toremi. So today we are here to talk about the third season of Ojemajo Doremi called Motto Ojemajo Doremi. And I'm very excited for our returning guest. Can you please introduce yourself? Okay, hello everybody. My name is Alice. My pronouns are she, her. I used to be a maid and also an idol, but recently I've started working as a receptionist because I'm an adult now. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I see. Great, and you are a very big Doremi fan, so I was really yes. excited to have you on for this particular chat. So what is your history with Magical Girls? Okay, so my first uh, Magical Girl series was Cardcaptor Sucker, and that's still my favorite one to this day. From there, I kind of springboarded into anime in general, and generally, I liked Magical Girls the most, so I liked Tokyo Mew Mew, I liked Ajamajo Doremi, I liked like Gaku and Alice, like pretty much everything like that. And I actually found Ojamado Doremi, I think, on YouTube through the opening theme for Dokkan, because I thought it was like such an amazing song. And then through that, I started actually watching the anime and I thought it was like really cute, like the way that they draw the little pudgy hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very cute style. It's like super, super cute. So, um, you know, I've always kind of liked magic and I also am a big fan of cute girls wearing cute clothes. So <laughs> it's kind of how I got into it. 
Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up and like what the Magical Girl access was like there? Okay, so I was born and raised in the Caribbean, and I actually didn't get a computer until I moved to the UK when I was um, like just before high school. Oh, okay. You know, at that time, you were kind of lucky to be able to find any clips of anything back then. So I had a Zanga, and people used to use <laughs> Zanga to like role play as anime characters, and that's how I ended up watching all these clips of Tokyo Mew Mew from like somewhere. And then somehow I like mm. found like a click through link to like an Azumanga Daio video on YouTube. And that's how I found YouTube. And at the time, I thought that it was like a website for like Azumanga Daio like video clips. I had no idea that it had other stuff. And, you know, the sure. access was absolutely terrible. But then, you know, through that, it started gaining more traction. And towards like the end of when I was in high school, like that was when you still were allowed to have full episodes of anime on YouTube. And then, you know, there was like the apocalypse and uh, all of them ended up being like, you know, 12 parts for one episode. Oh, yeah. That was back when the YouTube videos could only be like 10 minutes long. So yeah. you had to clip everything. Yeah, this is very, very early YouTube, especially if Zanga is still around. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was terrible, honestly, because I mean, I, you know, I managed to find it. And I thought I'd like found this mecca because I could like watch all my Cardcaptors episodes because up until then, I loved Cardcaptors because I used to watch it on TV, like in the Caribbean, we got cable through, I think we got it through Mexico because all the commercials were in Spanish. Hmm. But, um, you know, like Sailor Moon and like Cardcaptors was on TV and I'd only ever watched it in English. And then when I found, I realized that, you know, it was actually Japanese and there was all these massive amounts of footage that have been cut from each episode. All I could really do was read all of these episode summaries. And then all of a sudden there's YouTube and I can watch everything. And then all of a sudden I can't watch anything anymore <laughs> without having to find <laughs> all of these terrible quality 12 part videos and like three of the parts are missing. It, it was a tough time, everybody. Yes, yes, definitely. Now things are a lot better, I would say. <laughs> a lot better, yeah. I mean, now we've got Netflix and Crunchyroll. Like the kids these days, they don't know what we went through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great. So that was around also when you found Doremi then, like on YouTube. Yes. So were you able to watch a series generally in order? Uh, absolutely not. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> I literally got what I could. Mm -hmm. There wasn't really much available. So I think there was like maybe the first 15 episodes of the first series. But some of it was subtitles in Spanish and I don't speak Spanish. So I did my best. And then I have not watched more than maybe three episodes of Sharp. At first, because I couldn't find it because it's just not a very popular season. But then after that, just because I didn't like it and I understood why it wasn't such a popular season. And then I just found loads of transformation videos. And through that, I found my daughter, Momoko. <laughs> and through that, I found her. And then I wanted to watch everything with her in it. But I managed to find all of the episodes of the season after Motto Naisho. And through that, I was like, oh my god, I want to watch more of it. I want to watch more of it. So I didn't watch it even in order. Mm. Yeah, it's especially in this case, like for something that even now is not like fully like legally accessible in most countries. You know, luckily living in Japan, it's very accessible now. Like I can go to the video store or I can go watch it online streaming. Like there are a lot True. of places for Dormi. It's a very popular series. But it's interesting because I haven't watched Naisho yet. I, well, I only started watching last year, so I am going in order. But it is definitely a very interesting experience to get basically the vibe of a show. And I think that's really common 
for a lot of these shows where you you kind of have to pick up a vibe first and watch what you can yeah definitely yeah of course we're talking about the third season of this series but for anyone who has not watched the first two series just gonna quickly summarize here so season one we start with four or well, three and later four girls we have Doremi, Hasuki, Aiko and Onpu and they are taking tests to become witches and they're basically just like level up tests as they are witches in training and then at the very end of that season a tragedy happens involving using bad magic for good reasons and they lose their chance to become witches and it's all terrible and then the next season they encounter Hana a baby in the witch's garden and have to spend a year taking care of her they're going through trials of making sure that the baby is healthy and at the end of that well first there's like a whole thing where there might be a war might not be a war <laughs> listen to the podcast episode about that season to understand what I'm talking about because there's a lot there but at the very very end they discover there is a cursed forest of the witch queen before last who has the only thing that can cure Hana's sudden illness and the girls sacrifice their witch stones to get the witch flower the supreme flower I believe it's called if I recall correctly and then they are again no longer witches but because of their sacrifice the current witch queen wants to grant the girls one more chance to become witches and so she has a meeting with a bunch of other witches and they all agree to give them patisserie tests to become the best at pastry making and a new witchling who has just moved back to Japan from New York City joins them, Momoko, and when she's in witch form, she has no trouble chatting with them in Japanese, but when she's out of witch form, she's actually still struggling with learning Japanese again because she had gotten used to speaking English back in New York and, you know, dealing with all sorts of new things. The girls are no longer in the same class, and yeah, they're also constantly checking in on Hana before eventually she comes back to live with them and uh, leaves nursery school. I think that's everything. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. So yeah, let's get into things. So as you already mentioned, Momoko is your favorite uh, yes. member of the group. <laughs> yeah, uh, she is my uh, she is my biological daughter. I love her. I care <laughs> for her. I would kill for her, and I would die for her. Basically. Mm. She's a very interesting kind of representation. So she is voiced by an actress who previously well actually the actress was already working on Dormi previously she's also the voice of Yada but she used to live as a child I believe it was in Austria so she is also fluent in English and so they were able to utilize that for this character who was fluent in English (laughs) but it was very interesting to see this like returnee representation with her but yeah she's also just very sweet very good the best uh, always looking to see the best in others and is very open and yeah i don't know what to say she's really great too i i, I also love her very much <laughs> she's great oh she is great mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so do you want to tell us a bit more about who momoko is i think in the first couple of episodes when she was introduced i think they were kind of est- trying to establish her personality as like the returnee 
Mm-hmm. She kind of had like a little bit of friction with um, some of the girls because she said things too straight or she said things that were kind of a bit too blunt and hurt people's feelings, which I think is a very big kind of stereotype of the West versus the East, I guess, in Japan. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like foreigners are straight and open and honest, whereas Japanese people, you know, they don't really say what they're thinking and feeling so I think they were kind of trying to establish that as a personality trait for her and it was also like like a growth thing so she can kind of realize that oh okay I have to think before I say things I have to think about other people's feelings so there was that she had a very colorful life before coming to Mahodo She's also like obviously really, really, really good at pastry making already because she used to work in like a magic pastry shop back in New York. She's amazing. I don't know if I mentioned that. She's also really, really <laughs> cute. And actually due to her, like um, they actually started learning slightly more English in their lessons at school. She couldn't speak Japanese very well. So there's also kind of a big element of all the different characters trying to help her learn Japanese. So Some of the girls will help her with her kanji. The teachers, they try to make lessons easier for her by using English or adding English into the lessons. And then, you know, like there was one episode where Onpu invited her to go with her for a couple of her idol jobs and she was like oh help me read this um script like practice with me when she already knew all of the lines but she just wanted momoko to have reading practice so i'm going completely off topic but like i just think it's so nice that all the girls all of the other characters they're all kind of banding together to help her kind of reacclimatize to living in japan and using japanese i just thought it was really nice (laughs) yeah no i don't think you're going off topic at all i think it was really nice like Obviously, we see that all the time with the main four who have been here for two seasons already. And, you know, it is definitely a challenge when you have a long running series to three seasons in add a new character who is supposed to be like equal to the other four that we Mm. have already come to know. And I think they did a really amazing job of, you know, establishing her quickly. You know, there definitely are a lot of instances of dealing with things like first impressions not being correct and things like that and Mm. there are also new classmates at school and new friends at school so we see a lot of like new beginnings and also kind of dealing with what is going on when your friendships change what happens to your old friendships and things like that Mm. both with the girls and also among other classmates I think I mentioned this in the last episode about Dormi but you know Ompu had her own witch frog Madaruka, but she kind of disappeared. Like, she doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, where is she? We have not heard from her. We don't know where she is. Uh, Ompu is just basically... Is she okay? I hope she's okay. She's probably fine knowing her, but maybe she's just in the little frog village hanging out. Mm. But it was very interesting that, like, she just kind of casually was disappeared away. Then Ompu just kind of becomes another one of Madaruka's witchlings. Mm. Yeah, and then this season, of course, Momoko also had her own witch frog, Majo Monroe, who definitely looks like she was made to be just like Marilyn Monroe, complete with her own birthmark. (laughs) Unfortunately, just before Momoko returned to Japan, she lost Majo Monroe when... I'm not sure if they explained fully what happened, just that she was, like, dying, and unfortunately, Momoko had to witness that, Mm. and... That was also interesting because that came about because uh, she has a single earring, which was actually a gift from Monroe when she was dying. So that like becomes a very important thing, which usually you would not be allowed to wear piercings in school 
in Japan, but yeah. <laughs> mm. But yeah, so, you know, she is dealing with her own loss of her own witch frog, but is trying to acclimate to everything. Again, when she is in her witch form, she has no trouble speaking Japanese because magic rules. But yeah, that was kind of an interesting like bait and switch because she meets the girls as a witch and then comes to school and suddenly she doesn't know what any of them are saying. But yeah, by the end, you know, she's definitely more adjusted to using Japanese and is able to speak pretty well. Her relationship with each of the girls is definitely very different, which I think is also interesting. Like she brings out something different in all four of them Mm. and also in other characters. I think that Aiko probably gets along with her best in terms of street bonus because Mm. she's from Osaka. Like it like works really well, which as someone from Osaka and New York, I appreciate very much. (laughs) (laughs) They're both my faves. So that was fun. We also get to see a little bit of her life back in New York and learn about her friends and so on. I do want to talk about some of the other characters that appear this season. So I guess for Momoko's life, of course, Monroe is very important, but the other more important character would be Beth, her Mm. best friend back in New York. So I guess the main thing that is very, like right away becomes important to their friendship is the fact that Beth is Black. We honestly don't know a lot about who Beth is as a person, just like how she was nice and was like the first person to really open up to Momoko as she first moved to the US. And of course, at that time, couldn't speak much English and their friendship budded from that because Beth was obviously very kind to her and just like a really good friend. And they both miss each other a lot. And that's very important. We only see her for a few episodes, and we know that she plays guitar because she taught Momoko how to play guitar. But yeah, I think that their friendship also helps to kind of open up new things in terms of like lessons to teach the kids watching the show and things mm. like that. I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, yeah, like um, Beth actually makes another appearance in Naisho, so it's kind of really like um mixed up in my head, like which one is Moto and which one is Naisho. <laughs> but yeah, like I mean, she's super cute. I like her a lot, and also I like how um there's kind of a comparison of Momoko's friend group back in America to I don't know if we're gonna talk about it later, but I wanted to bring it up. Like she had a girl in her class that was like kind of mean and um mm-hmm. kind of a little bit of a bully and kind of a bit stuck up. But when she left America, the girl back in America sent Momoko a letter saying, you know, you know, actually, I really liked you. And, you know, I really enjoyed being your friend. And now you're gone. I'm really lonely kind of thing. So that kind of led Momoko to think like, well, maybe the other mean girl, the other kind of like kind of stuck up a little bit of a bully in the class, Miss Tamaki, that we've had problems with since the first season. You know, maybe deep down she's lonely, too. Maybe she's just looking for a friend and she doesn't know how to say it. So we also get to see that kind of character development of a character that we've had, you know, since the first season, Mm -hmm. who we've kind of just thought was like kind of a one dimensional. She's just there to be mean. So we kind of get a little bit more depth on her. And it's really nice to see her open up and become friends and kind of like a little bit tsundere to begin with. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's really cute which I think also is a really nice message for the kids watching because you know I mean it is a anime for you know like young children so it, it's a nice thing to say like maybe you should have a nice little chat with the person in your class that you think might be a little bit mean because maybe they're just looking for a friend yeah exactly I think that it's very interesting and another thing that comes up with this season is that 
this is the season where Pop actually joins the elementary school and oh. enters the first grade. So we have a new character in、um, Tamaki's cousin who is trying to act basically just like her and is causing a lot of drama among the first graders and especially with Pop. <laughs> And so I think it's very interesting that, like, as they're getting older, you know, now they're in the fifth grade, they are getting more perspective. And it also helps to look at the younger kids and see, like, what things are going on there and, like, I guess the parallels and so on. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah, I think that especially Tamaki's relationship with Momoko is very interesting as they both clearly want to be friends with each other, but they keep running into trouble with each other as well.、Mm. Yeah. I mean, she accidentally invited her to her, to her party. Yeah, no, that was Doremi's fault. <laughs> yeah, she was the one that accidentally left an invitation, and Tamaki picked it up and was like, oh, this is for me, of course, even though her name wasn't on it or anything. <laughs> yeah. But I love the ways that, like, the family were like, oh, okay, yeah, we accidentally got an extra person. That's no problem. We were going to make steaks, now we're going to make a stew instead so everyone can eat. Like, I love that kind of quick thinking they had. Yeah, it's like, well, this was going to happen, but、uh, okay, well, it's going to be like this now. Like, there was no fuss, it was just really nice. Yeah, I think that Momoko definitely, like you said, she's very straightforward. So she's not afraid to challenge Tamaki. So, yeah, that in that episode was when Tamaki kind of revealed that she's accidentally racist, which was very <laughs> interesting. <laughs> oh, the children. Yeah. It was an interesting episode because it was just like a small scene. And I don't know how to describe it. Like, I thought the way that it was acted out also was kind of curious because this is kind of coming out of nowhere. Like, we already, as, as an audience, know who Beth is. But like Tamaki is looking at this photo of、uh, Momoko and her New York friends and has decided that Beth cannot possibly be the black girl for reasons in her own mind. I'm not sure. <laughs> She doesn't explain why, because as she's starting to, like, Momoko totally blows up on her. And I could imagine that. Momoko is really cool, so she probably has had to deal with microaggressions on Beth's behalf before. Like, that's what、mm. I would pick this up as. But I found that the scene was kind of awkward in the way that was like,、mm. the kids watching at home have no idea what's going on. They're not going to pick up on that, you know? It's so lukewarm as well. Like,、yeah. they don't really explain anything. Tamaki's like,、yeah. oh, but you said that Beth was your best friend. She can't possibly be a. Black girl, and Momoko's like, Why would you say that? And then, like, the other girls are like, Oh, no, guys, don't fight. You should apologize to each other. Like,、ah! yeah, that was <laughs> so, it was, no, that is a one sided apology. But, like, clearly, yeah, everyone is not really lukewarm, is a good way to put it. It's just, it's a good start to trying to have a conversation, but then it also never comes up again in the entire season. So,、mm. When I saw that, I was kind of expecting them to kind of touch upon it more later on. You know, it wouldn't be the first time that Toei had that in the season of anything.、Um, in Maho no Mako chan, they very, very clearly targeted、uh, and discussed anti blackness in relationship to like police in Japan. And it was like、mm. very, very deliberate and very specific. But in this case, it was just like, yeah, just not quite enough. I feel like they wanted to do something, but like they didn't know how to do it properly. And then also for kids. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't really know exactly which direction they wanted to take it in. They just kind of brought it up. 
and then kind of left it. And yeah. I do see what they were trying to do, but like mm, they could have definitely done it a little bit better or slightly more easily to understand for children as well. Like mm-hmm. also, like why did Momoka have to apologize to this girl? Like yeah, like she was in the right completely everyone's like no no calm down don't be angry like "Mm, no be angry in fact be super angry (laughs) yeah exactly so i think you know especially if you come from like a western perspective or like just have a general understanding of what anti-blackness is like this is like very clearly not enough but i guess it's a little like a baby step (laughs) it's a start yeah but yeah, so Beth is, you know, an interesting character, and we do get to see her later um, when the girls actually go so far as to visit New York City to help her because Momoko's worried about her. And I, I just love that. Like, I mean, they've done really far travel before, like going to Osaka, but mm. going all the way to New York is pretty intense, I think. A little bit, just because Momoko yeah. was worried as well. Like, I love that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She helped Beth out in a way that, like, didn't reveal that she was there also, which I thought Mm. was really interesting. So, like, she doesn't want to, like, freak her out, like, surprise, I'm in New York, uh, in a flash. It took what should have been, like, 17 hours to get there, but... (laughs) (laughs) Also, I don't have parental supervision, but you didn't see anything. Yeah, exactly. She is smart about it, but also just, like, you know, she is very quick to do whatever she needs to do for her best friend, and that's, you know, again... Another way that Momoko's a great friend. Best girl. <laughs> Best girl. Yeah. So like I said before, there are a lot of, you know, one-off episodes that explore different growing friendships or new friendships. But one character who is not of the magic side but is repeatedly shown a lot is Kayoko, who is a girl in Doremi's new class. So Doremi and Momoko are in the same class, but the other girls are in another class. And Kayoko is a girl who never comes to school, but every day Miseki still calls her name, expecting her to be there. And so for her, she's never met this girl, and so she kind of decides to figure out what's going on there. And that's when they find out that Kayoko is a girl who always stays home because she is terrified to go to school. And throughout the season, they have several episodes visiting her, exploring like, why she's afraid to go to school and like clearly dealing with something that happened to her that was traumatic but also dealing with the incredible physical anxiety and kind of validating that if that makes Mm. sense yeah definitely I mean like I think it's a really good thing to touch on in an anime anyway because obviously the kids watching it there might be people at their school that miss school a lot they might be dealing with feelings of this as well and it's really really important to show that you know this girl she really does have some trauma like when Doremi meets her for the first time she has thrown up on the street because she's so scared of going to school Mm -hmm. and I think that especially adults as well they kind of invalidate like children's experiences or the feelings that they have towards especially things like school because you know like most of us didn't really want to be there (laughs) I know I didn't but yeah so they kind of tend to invalidate these experiences because you know these kids are young they're like oh what do you know about trauma but you know it was really really serious she's really trying to force herself to go but you know it's just not really working so I think it's really important to kind of touch on these themes it's like kind of a mature theme anyway and then on top of that you know like Doremi kind of going out of her way to become friends with this girl who she's never really met she doesn't really know anything about her but she skips school for the first time Mm -hmm. and even on the day when 
you know, they're having steak for lunch. <laughs> On the day they're having steak for lunch, she decides to skip school to see what it's like to try and understand this girl's feelings. Like, that's just so adorable. She makes Dodo yeah. go in her place, and Dodo mm-hmm. obviously can't speak, so, like, that's just a disaster in itself. Yeah, it's interesting, because we don't really see that so much in the previous season, but, yeah, the fairies do have that ability to, like, disguise themselves. <laughs> and it always ends up being funny, but, yeah, having her, like, literally sit in for her while she tries to figure out what's going on with this girl of course it's for comedic effect as well but it just shows like the extent to which Dormy will go try to figure out what's going on and you know like try to solve the situation I guess which is a very common thing for the whole series true 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 wholesome yeah (laughs) yeah she's a pure kind-hearted person and she's always trying to you know keep everyone happy and stuff so you know, it's clear she doesn't quite understand what's going on, but she definitely works to try to understand. It's very sweet and also just a really good example of having adults who are understanding because both their teacher, Miss Saki, as well as the school nurse, Miss Yuki, are very, very, very understanding and accommodating. So by the end of the season, the way that they have solved her problem is she is now attending school, now in the nurse's office, and yes, yeah, she is slowly adjusting to getting back to like regular school life but yeah I think I just think that that storyline is it was a a very interesting new storyline to have a new character and also show this kind of different perspective again of um, something that is honestly quite natural and a lot of kids unfortunately have that the kind of thing and so it's it's I guess interesting representation yeah definitely so let's see oh we do need to talk about Mm. yeah (laughs) she's starting to talk more bless her oh yeah she is i'm curious about what you think because you you know you hadn't watched much of sharp yeah i was like who is this who's this baby (laughs) yeah exactly no because i watched dokan first like i watched more episodes of dokan and she's um spoilers but anyway (laughs) so uh basically i didn't know who this baby was i was like who is this baby also i'm not interested in babies like even a little bit so i'm like every episode that was mm-hmm. centered around her i'm like wow i uh i really don't care but you know she's cute i don't know because i watched yeah. it with english subtitles and honestly shout out to the people who are subtitling because like i can't understand her baby speak but like there's like full-on english subtitles about what she's saying i'm like how did how did you get this that's quite interesting. From what I can remember, like, it's not just goo goo gaga. She is definitely trying to say things. So it takes a sharp ear to pick up on that, I think. But... Definitely, like, amazing. But yeah, so I didn't really know who she was or really what she was about. But like, I was like, oh, okay, mm. these children have a baby, I guess. I guess that's just how it is. <laughs> I still, <laughs> to this day, I really, because I still haven't watched Sharp, and I still don't really know what's going on. But you know, I'm just vibing, mm. so it's fine. Yeah, there are a lot of things that are very interesting with Hana. So like, unlike you, I love babies. So I love Hana and I loved Sharp, but... (laughs) Good for you. Yeah, you know, different strokes. I thought it was very interesting how like, so at the beginning of the series, you know, they have parted. They can't visit her anymore. She's at nursery school and we do get to see her adventures with the other babies. And she's always causing trouble because she is like, a super powerful witch baby mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is nice to to see those kinds of things like what is a magic nursery school like for people who are into that kind of lore but you know when she gets visiting time with the girls 
at first, it's actually quite interesting how Momoko is struggling to try to have the same connection with the other girls who have literally been there since Hana was born. Mm-hmm. Which leads to a very funny scene where she is holding a pillow that is dressed to look like Hana and her parents <laughs> walk in on her and are like, uh, are you okay? <laughs> doing best. Yeah, it was very sweet. So it takes some time, though she does have probably the best ABC song I've ever heard in my life. It's the truth. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, I want to like update this song and get this, you know, into full English. I would love to sing it with kids for sure. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, she does her best and she ends up able to also have a relationship with Hana, which is, you know, very sweet. And yeah, and then about midway through is um, when, oh, I think it was the episode where it was like a, the day in the life of the nursery school where, mm. um, through a series of events, the babies accidentally like summon their parents, and so Hana summons Doremi from the human world to the witch world, which is like super illegal, I guess. Massive magic as well. <laughs> yeah, and this enrages the witch queen before last, whose cursed forest comes back, and she curses Hana to hate vegetables, thus. Hashtag same. <laughs> I mean, very understandable. Like, she had already not been a fan of vegetables, but now she absolutely could not stand them. And this curse made it so that it weakened her magic. And yeah, it was interesting that, like, this, like, weird ghost of a witch feels that Hana is this giant threat and stuff. So it becomes a big thing. But yeah, now she is in the hands of Dormi and friends so that they can try to use sweets to make her like vegetables which is very interesting because they go through a whole thing of quest to get a magic recipe book and then they have to send off their fairies to find recipes in like this eternal library of recipe books i guess <laughs> it's all quite fascinating we get a banging song called yasai samba <laughs> we do get yeah. some amazing songs this season literally just like i mean i never like vegetables as a child I've recently started to like them so Mm -hmm. when she first starts you know like not eating her carrots and all the girls are like no Hana-chan you have to eat your carrots it's you shouldn't be picky so I'm just there like ah ah, (laughs) nah (laughs) leave me alone (laughs) calling me out you know uh, obviously it's different for different people but I think most people at least when they're a child they have vegetables that they don't yeah definitely from my understanding it's like a genetic thing where like it's to help babies to avoid eating poison by accident I'm not sure but oh really um, that's cool there's like evolutionary reasons for it and then eventually you grow to understand that like they're good for you and if you cook them a certain way maybe you'll actually grow to like them but I will still never eat a green pepper in my life I respect that. I respect that. Yeah. So, like, I feel like everyone has, you know, something they don't like. So it's it's a valid thing. Yeah, definitely. And I think that forcing people to eat things that they don't like, I mean, I guess maybe when you're a child, like, is good to make children kind of, like, step out of their comfort zone a little bit and try different foods. But at the same time, like, this idea of, like, forcing people to eat stuff that they don't like is, like... Mm-hmm kind of seen this kind of discourse on twitter a lot recently it's like oh my god you're an adult just eat it i'm like i'm autistic and if i eat things with a certain texture i will literally vomit so leave me alone please but like i know watching them force feed this child like carrots i was like oh no (laughs) 
But I mean, I get it, like, in the context, like, if she doesn't eat her vegetables, she won't grow up big and strong, and she won't be a powerful witch, and her magic powers will dwindle. But at the same time, like, the girl doesn't like carrots, leave her alone. Yeah, I think that it's really, this is also because it's a kid's show, and so they're teaching kids the same thing. But I thought it was really cool to see, like, how they would, you know, use different recipes to make sweets out of vegetables. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like... I personally love this time of year when we can enjoy pumpkin pudding. I think it's Mm. delicious. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But yeah, I definitely have had that experience. I can recall, I have like a very vivid memory of a time when my parents tried to secretly give me eggplant by cooking it and telling me it was fish. Um, How'd that go? Well, from what I remember, my brother and I, I think we were like being babysat or something. And mm-hmm. we opened up the oven and saw the quote unquote fish and said, something is wrong with this fish and mm-hmm. ordered pizza. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's good that they're trying to find these different recipes to kind of make it taste different because there are foods that I've realized as an adult that actually I like it when I cook it, but just my mom had no idea how to cook it when I was younger. So I just thought I hated it oh, then. Oh, Absolutely. I had the same thing with some things, yeah. Bless her. Do love her, but yeah, she had no idea what she was doing. So yeah, whereas I'm not really an advocate for force-feeding children uh, stuff that they obviously don't like. Maybe like, if they don't like it, maybe try and introduce it again like at another time. But mm-hmm. massive, massive fan of the idea that, you know, like, well, okay, maybe you don't like it if we cook it like this, but how about this? I think that's great. Yeah, exactly. And it's not even just the like the way that they cook it. Sometimes they have episodes where it's clearly about the way that you present it. Like there was one where it was like, oh, well, she eats the spinach cake in the context of it being like a big party where everyone's enjoying cake because like before that she was refusing to eat it. Mm. I thought that was also very interesting. There's a lot of it. And again, you know, this is something that we talked about last season as well, but like this kind of thing and dealing with the babies ends up kind of being a good lesson for kids who have younger siblings. Because mm. of course, well, children don't have babies, so they have to have True. younger siblings. So they can't relate to like that aspect of Hannah's life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I was the baby in my whole family, literally, until recently. So I can't really relate on a personal level. But yeah, that's definitely a good point that I didn't consider. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if they're like young children and they have an even younger sibling. I can imagine there must be a lot of kind of like, I don't want to say hardships, but like a lot of things to understand. So I guess seeing this kind of relationship on TV and like, including, you know, like with Doremi's sister as well, like I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. I do also want to bring up very quickly because he's only in it for half the season, but Oya Jide is. Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, So he has been menacing me for the first two seasons, (laughs) and I don't know why his character exists, and he was so frustrating to see on screen as this, like, comical pervert character in a children's show. And this season, for some strange reason, he was working in the nursery school, which is probably the worst job they could have given him as punishment. (laughs) It's true, because he's having having the time of his life. Yeah, there's there is that as well. Just also he needs to be away from all children. But mm-hmm. <laughs> about midway through, you know, with the events of the curse and all, he kind of just disappears and they don't even explain what happens to him. Because no one can. Yeah. And I was just so happy. <laughs> just like, oh, he's gone. And they go back to the nursery school and he's still not there. This is wonderful news. So uh, he was whisked away to wherever Majoruko was, I guess. 
<laughs> and nobody missed him. <laughs> They're a weirdo. Yeah, so. So, you know, for anyone who was kind of wondering about that, you know, problematic aspect of the series, he doesn't do anything untoward this season. Luckily, he is still the same character, but he never gets an opportunity to get away with whatever he wants to in terms of like, for example, wanting to go see Umpu in concert or whatever. Like, he's never like happy with his outcome or whatever in that regard. But yeah, so he's gone and I'm eternally very happy about that. Grateful. Yes. <laughs> Finally, in terms of the story, before we get to the actual finale, I want to talk about the patisserie tests that they have. So, you know, there are various different challenges that they have. Sometimes they have to time travel to get the recipe they need to pass the test. They have to go to like El Dorado at some point. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like all kinds of interesting challenges and places to explore uh, new ingredients and so on. They also have kind of like normal challenges within the pastry shop itself because Mahodo is now a pastry shop. And it's very interesting to see like the various challenges they get and how it ends up becoming very tied into everything with the ending as well. But yeah, were there any particular tests that you thought were interesting? So I honestly always wanted to be a patissier, but sadly that just isn't something that's going to happen. But you know, I really enjoy baking, so it's actually a really great season for me. So some of the things that they made actually made me think, oh, I want to try that. We're talking mostly about like the tests before the finale. So I really liked, there was these like musical instrument cakes they made mm -hmm. and like the designs were super cute. It was, it was really cute. I would really like to try and make one. And then also the final Patricia exam that they had, where they had to recreate something. Like, the entire idea of the design... I'd actually never seen it before, like, in real life. Mm -hmm. Does it exist? Who knows? Not me. I don't know. Probably exists somewhere. <laughs> but anyway, so I want to make it so bad. It looks so pretty. And also uses raspberries, which is super difficult for me to find. Yeah. Well, berries in general are always like a difficult, expensive ingredient to get your hands it's on, I true. think. true. Like, I've seen raspberries maybe once ever here, and I did make mm -hmm. a tart out of them. Like, you can get raspberry jam, but fresh raspberries, like, I mean, it's pretty difficult to find them over here. And especially, like, yeah. I mean, you know, Japan is, um, the supermarkets are very, very, like, in tune with the seasons. So the second something goes out of season, there is no importing that from anywhere. You just cannot find it again. So... Yeah. Like anything, stuff that I was using to bake with in the summer, absolutely gone now. I mean, it's, you know, it's good in a way because you kind of like appreciate it more. But at the same time, I really want some raspberries. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Am I allowed to talk about it? It's not like a spoiler or anything, right? Yeah, I think that's fine. Okay, cool. So they had to make, um, it's like these roll cakes in a bowl and then they like fill up with cream and then they like glaze it around the outside. It looks banging. It looks super, super, super cute. It's, um, named after the queen before last her name uh means whirlpool or like spiral or something in it French. was i believe it's tourbillon i think let me double check yeah so it's based off of her name so there's a lot mm -hmm. of swirls in it and i just think it looks so cute i would like to try and make it myself like this is a really really good like a really good season for me just because i love baking i love watching mm -hmm. baking videos and watching like fictional characters bake like i was having the time of my life 
you know, like when Momoko's teaching the girls how to cut chocolate properly or like cut like hard things and like using like your hand on the knife and stuff like that. I think that's like incredibly, you know, educational. Yeah. And I was like, yes, Momoko, teach them, but be slightly nicer about it. But yes, teach them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very interesting because it feels very advanced in terms of the kind of techniques that they're using this season. Yeah, definitely. Like, why are these 10 year olds yeah. holding knives? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am not a baker myself, but I used to work in a bakery and I was very involved with the back of house because I was the person mm. that was ordering ingredients and calculating recipes to make sure we have enough of everything, you know. Mm. So I was like very aware of like what was necessary and like the techniques they have to use and stuff. And you have to go to school for these things. And yeah. these girls are, you know, like 11 years old. It's pretty impressive. It's magic. Yeah. <laughs> it's very unrealistic because I'm like, also, if you were a mother and your 10 year old is just, is working at like a patisserie and she's like, you know, cutting things and putting things in the in a very hot oven and that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know how I would be about that as a parent. <laughs> I'd be like, mm, are you sure you have enough supervision there? Like, I don't know. I don't think I would trust that. But, you know, I think. It was really good. They had they made some really cute stuff. Like, and my favorite mm-hmm. ones, as I said, were probably the musical instrument ones. Like, they were adorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's one test where they have to try to make shoe creams, and they like mess up twice. They're leaving the witch there. They don't actually know that it's a witch. They don't know if it's an actual test, but they're leaving the customer there waiting for them to like bake a shoe cream. And it's like, when you fill that thing with cream, it's going to be like melting. Mm. <laughs> it's going to be really wild. So yeah, those things are very, very silly, obviously not realistic, but interesting for people who want to get into pastry. Like it's clear that they were doing things like they were studying, like, at least the writers were studying what the girls were doing so that they're like yeah, using actual techniques. So yeah, it's very fascinating. It was cool. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Encouraging a hobby and stuff, just like the previous season encouraged like interest in botany and learning about flowers and flower language. This is kind of the same thing. So I think it's pretty interesting. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Also, you can sell a lot of goods. You can sell all of those Ojamajodorami, like my first ovens. You can sell Ojamajodorami cookie cutters. Like when this first came out, I can imagine like, whew, oh, they must have gone crazy. Yeah, you know, I have never actually checked it, <laughs> but they must have had something because even shows that don't have cooking things, they have those kinds of toys. So mm-hmm. it looks like most of them are not actually ovens. Like they're all like, you know, to play pretend. Pretend ovens. Yeah, they're not like easy bake. Like you could actually make a few things in them. It's just, oh, it's just a toy, but for kids, it's fun. Mm. So yeah, I guess that's everything we talked about before we get to the finale. So I want to just put in a little note here for anyone who doesn't want to know about the finale before they watch the season. Please watch the show. As Alice has proven, you don't need to watch the previous seasons to enjoy this season. It's you do up not. to you. <laughs> it's the baby that you just gotta accept that. Yeah. <laughs> but in any case, yeah, it's, it's a very, very solid season of animation. So let's get into the finale. So as we mentioned before, the Queen Before Last is a, you know, major looming figure throughout the season. And when Hana's, I don't remember the final thing that they actually give her, but once she eats the final thing that breaks the curse with her finally eating vegetables again and enjoying them, that just enrages the queen and 
she decides to just mess up everything as they're going through their last their last challenge for the, the patisserie test. And it's a very emotional time because, oh, I probably should mention the reason why the queen is uh, so distraught and, I guess, emo is that <laughs> she she left her post to go marry a human man. And he died trying to pick raspberries for his special dish for her. And she was left alone with a single child. And she raised that child until he died of old age because she's a witch and therefore is basically immortal. And so she felt that she was all alone and felt just unbelievable amounts of heartbreak. And that led her to creating this cursed forest. And that's basically why she is doing what she's doing i don't know what it is about hana that represents like new hope or something like that she has a personal vendetta against very this. pressed over a child yes yeah a literal baby a literal <laughs> um, baby <laughs> yeah but in an attempt to get back at her again she basically takes over momoko's body it's i'm not sure exactly what's going on like momoko is kind of in a dream state finally able to see Majo Monroe again because she's basically transported to a world where she's back in New York and she doesn't remember any of her new friends or anything. She's just hanging out with her favorite witch all day. But in reality, Momoko is in this kind of trance and is taking Hana deep into the forest. And so the girls have to go find her because before that, the girls had managed to finally achieve witchdom by passing the test with this uh, particular pastry, as you mentioned the tourbillon cake which yeah looks amazing and i would love to try it as well (laughs) (laughs) and the current queen had asked them to please make one more for the queen before last that is her signature dish and they're hoping that that will help to heal her heart i suppose and yeah so it becomes a very emotional thing as momoko is being reached out to uh in her trance state and they're trying to get they're trying to get her out of it, and they're trying to stop her from taking Hana away. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think about the finale here? Nah, bro, when I say I cried, because I love Momoko so much, and, you know, she really misses her witch, and she had to watch this witch literally die, like, in front of her witch. It must be traumatic. Like, she must have been, like, what, like, eight? Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, it's just a horrible, horrible thing, and it's, like, touched on very briefly to begin with like oh i had a witch but she died haha but then at the end you know like she's back in the dream in her mind i guess she's in this dream new york and she's with madra monroe and you know like she's happy but she knows that something's missing she thinks that her life in tokyo not tokyo tokyo yeah her life in tokyo has been a dream and you know it was just really really sad because it's like you know she just wants to have you know this kind of stability that she had before like, I think that mm-hmm. when you move to another place, you make new friends and, you know, you settle in and, you know, you might be happy, but you're still always going to kind of glamorize, I guess, the life that you had before, mm-hmm. before things kind of changed. So, you know, she's in this dream world with Madame Monroe. And then, you know, when she finally breaks out of it by, you know, remembering that she does have all of these friends, she has this whole new life and it's time for her to go back. She asks Madame Monroe if she can like have one last hug and bro, I cried. I love her so much. Like she just misses yeah. her frog so much. Ah but I was I was proper tearing up. And then she's, you know, she's um trying to get the queen before last to, you know, remember the times when she was happy. Like, why do you have to be so sad all the time? 
okay, your life might have been, you know, a tragedy at the end, but didn't you have fun times when your husband was alive? And the queen's like, I don't have any happy memories. All I feel is loss. And Momoko's like, well, I know what loss is. Like, I watched my witch die before my eyes. Like, I understand what loss is. And I was like, damn, this is deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is deep. This 10-year-old is talking some real stuff. Like, um, I thought it was really, really, really nice to, like, go into... I say nice. It was really... um important to go into these feelings of loss for this child and then compare mm-hmm. those feelings of loss to a you know a grown woman who's lost her husband and her child in the end as well like I thought it was mm-hmm. like really nice themes like really like good exploration of it and I don't know, my heart was just breaking for Momoko because I just love her so much like she just deserves everything oh yeah my baby my baby girl <laughs> you want her to be you know happy you want her to be able to not have that loss, but there's nothing you can really do once someone leaves like that, you know. Exactly, yeah. Away, you know? Either you can move on, keep their memory in your heart, and then make new friends and new memories and new loved ones, or you can create a cursed forest. Those are the yeah. only two options. <laughs> and yeah, have yeah. beef with a literal infant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it was um, it was a definitely a very touching finale and they are able to present the queen before last with this cake and it's a very touching moment for sure and one thing i really really appreciated about this finale is that it was like all happiness and the curse forest was gone and you know like there's definitely more mystery because the queen before last is now kind of still like locked away and is is kind of sleeping it's a really unclear what is actually going on there but the current queen is like no aware that something is you know amiss and they have to figure that out but it's still generally like a really really positive finale yeah definitely like especially compared to the first two seasons where like both times you thought like at least one of the characters was like dead forever mm. and this time it was a lot more positive yeah just like generally like you said like with loss again just presenting it to kids in a way that because you never know when you're going to deal with your first death. Yeah, and definitely. it's always big for kids. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So it's very interesting to to see that, that. That kind of loss. And trying to understand what it means. And like it makes kids grow up very fast. It definitely does. Yeah. 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 There's, there's a lot, you know, to be said there. I just really appreciate this particular finale. Because it like, it's like really great and you know making the world better with sweets is always a really fun lesson (laughs) absolutely yeah it's definitely happening a few different magical girls at this point Mm -hmm. it's always a very fun uh thing to see and you know i know there's some kids who don't love sweets but generally kids love sweets (laughs) in general yeah i mean i am a big fan i'm not a child i mean i guess i am like in my head but i don't know very many people that, that absolutely hate sweets like i mean i hate cream but mm-hmm. sweets in general, I just think it's a really, really nice. To- it's a nice topic. It's a nice theme. Like everything is, yeah. everything is delicious. Everything is nice when you when you're eating something good. You know, mm-hmm. it always looks good and tastes good. Yeah. The only thing that I think that I was a little bummed about, <laughs> like it's not, it's a very small thing, but like there's you know an early episode where Miseki um, comes to the pastry shop and is afraid to eat. The sweets because she's worried about her weight which she doesn't mm. need to be but whatever and so the girls decide to find a recipe that is like lower in calories or something like mm-hmm. but like 
one thing that they really miss an opportunity on this season is like allergies. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, as someone who is allergic to nuts. Oh no. It was a, a very big missed opportunity in my eyes. Yeah, definitely. Very disappointed by that, but otherwise they did an excellent job. <laughs> There's like so many things from this season that I wanted to eat. You know, in general, food in animation looks amazing all the mm. time. And I feel like the uh, lesbian relationship between Miss Seki and the uh, nurse could have been <laughs> explored. <laughs> explored somewhere that's not like just inside my imagination. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, subtext is very interesting they have a very nice bond they are together a lot even outside of work mm-hmm. we did, actually had not mentioned yet but we do have a new teacher character this season as well who is uh, Onpu and Aiko and Hazuki's teacher Mishizawa is a new teacher it's her first year on the job and so she's still learning a lot about actually dealing with kids and their problems. And it's a, it's a very interesting kind of parallel between her and uh, Miss Seki, who definitely seems to always know what she's doing. And even when she doesn't know what she's doing, she's unafraid of uh, opening up and admitting to making mistakes with her kids. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, you're <laughs> yeah, Miss Seki and Miss Yuki have a very, very interesting relationship that has a lot of heavy subtext, for sure. A lot of heavy <laughs> subtext. Okay. yeah so i guess before we finish talking about this season we do need to talk about some of the bad things about it it's a small thing but i know that it's important for you especially someone who appreciates cute outfit that the witch outfits are ugly as hell (laughs) (laughs) leave a lot to be desired this season (laughs) like they because you know like they all got like updated everyday clothes and i thought they were adorable Mm mm-hmm and Momoko's clothes, obviously adorable. She can do no wrong. But these, ugh, I don't know what's like those the waistcoats <laughs> they have, and like the ugly little uh the like completely like circular sleeves. And I don't know what's going on with that little triangle going down, like like the crotch. Like, are they wearing a leotard with skirt around it? Is it another piece of the skirt? I am just incredibly confused. I'm not happy with it. It's ugly as mm. hell. Like. <laughs> I even like Sharp, but I thought the outfits were cute. Also, like, Sharp is all about, like, flowers, and the outfit looks like a flower. Mm-hmm. What are they doing with the Moto outfits? What are they supposed to look like? Very confused. Yeah, they were giving me, like, cowboy stuff, yes. I guess. Like, it reminded me, well, honestly, it reminded me of, like, when I was in, like, the third grade trying to do fashion. I would, like, <laughs> draw, <laughs> draw, like, just basically normal clothes and then draw, like, all types of, like, baubles and stuff on it, you know? Like, mm. definitely hideous, actually, but, like, I thought I was doing something. So <laughs> I feel like, may I don't know if it's something that, like, the kids would have find more appealing, but I like that their hats kind of have, like, a cowboy thing going on. Mm, so it's kind of reminding me of, a, like, a tangyalan hat. That's kind of cute, but... Otherwise, yeah, the fringe is strange. Like, I don't know what was going on there with all the trim. And yeah, mm. just, they could have had a once over with that. But I do like when they are in pastry chef mode. I do like that Very outfit. Very cute. Yeah. And they switch between all the time in a way that's really fun. <laughs> I like little headsets. They're really adorable. Yeah. But they really wasted the best transformation sequence on the ugliest outfit. 
<laughs> it's like little yeah. tapping of the body parts. I think that's adorable. I remember that was like a little cosplay trend. I think when they used basically the same like music and movements for like people like getting into their cosplays. I think it was like a TikTok thing. But like, mm-hmm. oh, that's like super cute. I was really, I really wanted while I was uh, working at the maid cafe to do a transformation into my maid outfit to that music, but I never got around to it. So I didn't, also mm-hmm. I didn't have gloves. I feel like it would have been better if I had gloves. But yeah, yeah they really wasted such a cute transformation sequence. <laughs> Their everyday outfits were cute and the Batista outfits were cute as well. So, I mean, I guess I can't complain, although I will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're ugly. <laughs> Yeah, to go into a little bit more of a serious note with the problems. So there is an episode where, you know, as they are getting older, some of the students are approaching puberty. And so they have an episode about that. And while the teachers do a good job of trying to, like, get the kids to understand what's going on, because there's a character who is, you know, a lot taller than the others, and she is starting to develop breasts and has to get her first bra and she's getting teased by the boys about it, and they don't realize that, like, this is mean. <laughs> mm. And so they have, like, a surprise lesson about puberty. And um, while generally the teachers are doing a good job, part of the lesson is really strange, especially the part where they're explaining, like, what happens to your body when you get older, because they describe that only boys develop body hair, which is very strange because it's incredibly not true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like there are some people who are very lucky. My mother, for some reason, does not have a single ounce of hair on her body. Well done. Yeah, she uh it was a problem for me because she married a very hairy man and so had very hairy children. (laughs) So she couldn't teach me how to shave because of that, which was uh, interesting. Oh, because she didn't know yeah oh wow damn I didn't even consider that oh no (laughs) right so you know it's like whatever but like you know different people have different amounts of body hair and gender or even like biological things has nothing to do with how that works it's like everyone is different I guess the other thing I wanted to point out that I had a lot of issues with this season was Aiko's father so we haven't really talked about Aiko this uh, episode, but she is my favorite character, so I care about her very much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she is dealing with the divorce of her parents. There's been some improvements and some understandings that maybe someday her parents could get back together. But honestly, her father does not deserve it. Um, <laughs> there is an episode near the end uh, involving, like, discussion. I believe it was Christmas, but it might have been her birthday. I don't remember which But, like, uh, you know, with her wanting to get, I believe it was a sewing machine for, like, very cheap. And he couldn't figure out how to get the money to get her that gift that she wanted. And, you know, her natural reaction is to be like, well, if you don't have enough money, that's fine. But he was making a very big deal about it. And it caused a fight that led her to, I think it was first that, like, he called up her mom and had her come to deal with this fight. Which is, like... Very strange, also very expensive ask. And, you know, she gets there and, you know, the thing is, like, discussed. And then finally Aiko's like, yeah, I'm going to go back to Osaka with mom. I'm so tired of this. And it's like, it becomes a thing like, oh, is she going to, like, leave this season? But, like, Mm. you know, by the end she's not. But it's it's still very frustrating. And the other girls help him to get a new job because he had lost his, like, current driving job. And it's like, 
he, all he did was sit around and drink. It was very a very frustrating episode. He is a very frustrating character in general. He's just drinking in front of the TV constantly, like, raise your child. Yeah, exactly. And it just, you know, especially when it comes to, like, him complaining about not having enough money for something for his child, and he mm-hmm. is spending it on alcohol and even going to a bar and continuing to drink. It's like, it's just a bad example of parenting because he is not punished for it at all. You know, like, mm. Showing that kind of parent isn't bad because those kinds of parents exist, but like the fact that he doesn't, you know, experience any like narrative punishment for it, if that makes sense, that's what's frustrating mm. for me. Yeah, I get it. I mean, like, of course, it's realistic. There are definitely people out there like that, especially uh, there's a lot of them in Japan as well. But at the same time, <laughs> like, it would be nice if it was kind of discussed instead of it kind of just being, oh, well, that's how he is or being used as like comic relief. It's like, mm, it would have been nice if they'd have kind of touched on it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, what can, we can't really expect too much from a child's anime. But, but. <laughs> yeah, it's still like, you know, especially if this season they are trying to like talk about more serious things, you know, like we said with Beth and everything. Like, mm-hmm. they are trying to reach a point and they're trying to kind of touch upon things so it's not out of their wheelhouse especially considering the first season had an episode all about how it is okay sometimes to get hit by your parents because it might mean that they actually love you so Mm -hmm. like it's a lot (laughs) Uh, and it just they did not handle that particular thing responsibly I think yeah I agree because again she keeps going back to him and it's like still happy to live with him and not with her mother like not to say that she doesn't miss her mother she thinks about her all the time but it's actively being shown as her choice and living with Mm. him and it's very complicated because that's now where all her friends are and everything so true you know but yeah i guess that's everything i wanted to talk about with this season again Mm -hmm. you know know, it's a very long series uh, so there's a lot of things to talk about and so we couldn't get to quite everything but is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we go um no we've touched on everything great (laughs) so that means that we are up to our final question which is alice do you have a magical girl persona of your own not really but this is probably the first time ever the first and last time i'm ever going to mention this in public but when i was in (laughs) high school i had a bunch of friends and um we made up like this like our own kind of like it was like a magical girl like team, but we were like uh, kind of more like Super Sentai, I guess. I don't really know. Anyway, um, we were very uh, I don't know if this is predictable because I feel like there are a lot of people who call themselves this, but like we were the Backer Rangers, and um, oh, okay. I was we were like it was like Backer Red, Backer Black, Backer Orange. I was Backer Black mm-hmm. because I was a goth, and um, we like drew our own like costumes and we like. Uh, bro we even came up with like our own catchphrase and stuff it was literally the (laughs) i'm thinking back on it like i'm glad i had a good time like at the Mm -hmm. time but saying it out loud like this is really embarrassing but like so i've always been borderline obsessed with cardcaptor sakura so i just saw myself doing the entire storyline but i was the main character instead but instead of starting with the windy card i wanted to start with the create card because i figured that i would basically solve every problem ever if I just had the create card so instead of (laughs) kind of imagining my own persona I was like I want to be Sakura specifically yeah I still would like to be Sakura I want claw cards I want claw Mm -hmm. cards 
I have all three of the necklaces. I have like a lot of hair accessories. Like pretty much everything I own is card captors themed, honestly. So Mm -hmm. rather than having like my own magical persona, I would just very, very, very much like to be a card captor. (laughs) (laughs) The Baka Rangers thing sounds very interesting, but really embarrassing. I'll one up you. When I was in high school, I had a magical girl persona who was a reincarnated angel of love who accidentally destroyed all of heaven and now has a mouse boyfriend. So it's a mouse boyfriend. Like he is a mouse, but he's also a human. But he does he's like a mascot. Yeah. yeah. I see, I see. So, <laughs> so yeah, like we've all done embarrassing stuff in high school. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean oof. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like actually, the outfits. I came up with these costumes, and we were like, we were like, used to draw them all the time. But like, I don't know if you've ever seen. It was it's not the clamp anime. I think it's Angelic Leia. Uh huh. Um, it was basically based off of the school uniform from that, but like different colors. Oh, okay, okay. So that Got was it. it was pretty cool. Like, um, I can probably draw it again now, like just from memory. Just but we were into it for like a year. We were like, yes, and we'd like run around. Like after school, we'd always go to the park on the way home. And like when I say school, like this is literally high school. We are not like eleven, twelve years old. Like we are fifteen, sixteen years old. So <laughs> we go to the park after school, and we'd like pretend to be ninjas and like basically like we'd play fight but like basically anything was like just basically no holds barred so if you wanted to do a kamehameha that's fine if you wanted to pretend that one of your friends was inyasha and shout sit at them and they have to drop to the floor that was fine too like basically all bets were off and we'd like <laughs> shout our little like back arrangers like slogans at each other it's literally the worst thing oh my gosh anyway mm. um <laughs> but yeah that so uh, that's that <laughs> <laughs> great okay so thank you again for coming on the podcast to talk about Doremi. thank you for having me again yeah where can people find you and follow you online okay so i have a twitter um my twitter handle is underbar shiopan with a one as the i and then my instagram is pretty much the same it's underbar shiopan with just a regular i I am very loud on Twitter. I talk about mostly idols because I'm a big fan of J-pop idols. I also talk about like stuff about, you know, living in Japan, how it is. I post a lot of selfies and I talk about like when I used to be a maid and when I used to do idol stuff. Whereas Instagram, I don't really upload. I upload literally millions of stories every day and it's just basically my daily life. So if any of you are interested in idols specifically, let's like let's be big friends, let's be best friends in fact. And if you're interested in, you know, like daily stuff living in Japan and that kind of stuff, then feel free to give me a follow. Great. <laughs> so, uh thank you again for coming on. No, thank you. Hope you have a good rest of your day. Yes, you too. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Sparkle Side Chats with Magical Girl Ayu. Please subscribe, rate, and review if you like it, and don't forget to tell your friends about the show if you think they'd be interested. If you use social media, don't forget to use the hashtag SparkleSideChats when talking about and sharing the podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MagicalGirlAyu, spelled A-Y-U, and you can find me at Ayushinos. A-Y-U-S-H-E-K-N-O-W-S
you can also email us at sparklesidechats at gmail.com. Let us know if there's a topic you want covered or a fan or creator you want to hear from by filling out the form in the show notes. Show notes can be found on your platform of choice or at anchor.fm slash sparkleside. You can also join the Discord for this podcast to talk about Magical Girls 24-7, often chatting directly with me and both previous and upcoming guests of the podcast. You can find a public link to the Discord after each episode is released, or if it's not working anymore, feel free to DM if you can support the podcast financially, you can buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com slash ayushinos. With Kofi membership, you can get bonus content, announcements about episode topics, and your name read aloud on the podcast. Another way to support us one time is by buying something off of the Amazon Japan wishlist. This helps with getting more access to Magical Girl content that we can discuss in future episodes. Feel free to purchase from the used section as we are not picky here. Original podcast music is by Hazel. You can find her on Twitter at A Few Bruises. Thanks again for listening, and remember, you are magical. Yeah, definitely a better toy than the Hana toys, for sure. Because if you've ever seen those, those are nightmare fuel. Oh, really? I haven't. I'm going to have to look them up. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The, the Hana-chan dolls are terrifying. <laughs> yeah, imagine. Like, I mean, I'm just going to Google it really quickly. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they do have versions for this season because she now has uh, pigtails instead of one little ponytail on the top of her head. What the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, thanks, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's um yeah, definitely like I love Hannah, but her doll does not look any good. Yeah. <laughs> big yikes. Big 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 yikes. Oh dear. Okay, well now I've um now I've uh been disgusted. Uh we can move on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.